0: Who's still buffering. A cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Sydney, do you have a problem with something I did?
1: What was that mouth noise you decided to make right
0: before? <laughs> <laughs>
1: right before I, we started. I mean, we had we had hit the record button. You won't hear it at home. Don't worry, because
0: it was before anything. But it was. It was a. <laughs> Would you like me like to do little, it again? Like a little yum noise, like a
1: little, yum noise, like little yeah. Yum.
0: I just had a sip left in my coffee, so I decided let me just finish it off real quick because, you know, I oh, we're about to start, so let me just finish this last sip. And mm-hmm. I took a sip and then you press record and I went, ah. Yeah, I know. It was <laughs> it was
1: that. It was that. It's <laughs> like that a that rodent sound. was loose in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it was delicious. Uh well good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed your coffee. Thank you. Um that we let that we let mom go through a drive through to obtain. Yeah. Because she... Isn't allowed out of the house, yeah, and it's no. she's not handling it well. Yes, so we have to let her occasionally go pick something up through a drive-through, so that she
0: maybe I don't some know. some pick up groceries where they put them in your car for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some, that's some drive thru coffee. Exactly, exactly. Once uh, got that
1: big backyard. Just let her walk some laps. <laughs> Are you talking about it like a dog? Are (laughs) you exercising mom enough? Uh, Maybe that's the problem. Are you are you on enough walks? You need to exercise our mom more frequently so that she can get through this quarantine situation. I (laughs) I think it ain't sitting inside too long. Uh, Dad still has to go to work because he because his business is considered essential Mm -hmm. um, because they which it is they deal with medical records so Mm -hmm. so they they can't close and uh he went to work and then he came here afterwards and when he came in i was like now i need you to decontaminate i need you to like scrub down <laughs> like wash your hands mm-hmm. I mean, he's not around as far as we know, anybody who has anything or
0: anyone or anyone as he he... really just sits in his office by himself at work all
1: day. Well, that's what he told me. He said, he said, well, sure. And he went to wash his hands and he went, now, you know, said the only thing I've touched today is the paper because that's all I did at work was read the paper. And I wanted to say, (laughs) well, dad, why did you go to work? to read could you stay home and read the paper and then go to work later let's just reduce the number that is something you can do from home they could text you if they need anything at work that sounds like a work from home kind of job we sh- we should clarify that our dad runs a small business. Yes, he does so, more uh, than yeah, read he, the paper work. He, he he does stuff. But Don't and he worry, sits dad, in an office I alone.
0: I won't talk about you like Sydney does. I know you
1: do work. <laughs> he does and he sits in an office alone and there the building is big enough and there are few enough employees there at any I given think time the that business like business
0: literally has less than ten employees, but they all work several probably 50 to 100 feet away from Yes, job. they
1: are all more than six feet apart at all times. So I, while well, I would prefer everyone to be in their homes at all times right now, I am comfortable with this with the <laughs> degree of risk, I there. guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, I, was everybody, I hope everybody out there is doing okay. I decided to be productive with my free time last night. Yesterday, all of yesterday, actually. And I conmeried my entire clothing supply um clothing supply i I guess i don't know i dumped out everything in my closet my wardrobe everything i brought back from college everything in storage put it all in one pile on the floor touched everything
1: decided (laughs) what brought me joy and what
0: didn't i did i touched every single item and uh i ended up getting rid (laughs) of about half of it (laughs) in the age of covid bragging that you touched everything is never who who else (laughs) is gonna touch them they're my clothes (laughs) I'm just saying. We're going to wash everything that I'm getting rid
1: of. The only thing worse was I touched everything and then I touched my face. It was my clothes. I touched everything to my face. Oh, my (laughs) god! And then I I
0: touched my friends and family and then my face again. I'm trying to talk about some things that are not pandemic related. And every time Sydney just has to bring it right back to this global crisis. Everything is pandemic related right now. Who else has touched my clothes? That have been in my closet hey, for six years. I, mom, because she takes them. <laughs> okay, well then it's just me and mom. And I live with her. I'm joking. I have touched all my clothes and I am proud of it because that is what Marie Kondo told me to do. I have tried to keep track of a high point and a low point of each day oh, during nice. during
1: this quarantine period because I took a walk uh, with Charlie and Cooper yesterday. Mm-hmm. Charlie had to for her, her virtual assignment for her class. They meet they meet on Zoom every morning. It's adorable. It's and they had to take a walk and observe shapes. And so we took a walk and we took pictures of different shapes and then she drew the shapes and we talked about the different shapes. I tried to go past like circle, square, triangle into like there's a cylinder. There's a sphere. Whoa, that's Yo. three-dimensional. Yeah. yeah. We, we tried to go into that that there's a cone. Um, <laughs> A cone, no, She's a big fan of cones. Funny, I, the cones are funny. <laughs> the cones are funny. <laughs> I haven't had even contact for a while. Cones, I'm, that's cool. I'll follow that for a while. <laughs> I always I think, think of that part guy. from the wedding singer when he says they were cones. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was my high point. It was the cones. This, it's a pretty decent movie, but uh, that was a high point of my day. And then the low point was I, I had the, I was kind of taking care of the girls on my own because Justin had a really busy schedule yesterday from here, from home. And I was picking up after them constantly and I picked up a pizza crust off the carpet that one of them had dropped there And I was hungry, and I thought, "Well, I'll take a little nibble. I'll take a little nibble of this pizza." It was from—I mean, I knew like it was recent. It was a recently dropped pizza crust. You
0: don't get to say a word to me about touching all
1: of my clothes. (laughs) I I said, "I go to take a bite, and right as I start to put it on my uh, like to my mouth, I look, and it's also covered in rainbow sprinkles, inexplicably." (laughs) So that was my low point: was taking a bite of rainbow sprinkle covered. I don't think old that. pizza crust off the floor I like that the offensive part to you is the rainbow sprinkles not the fact yeah. that it was on the floor
0: <laughs> and and
1: it used- was old pizza crust <laughs> hey listen when you have little kids you eat a lot of stuff off the floor Look, it's just the way it- <laughs> I ate a lot of stuff off the floor and I don't have kids yeah that's like, ah, fine but like you're yeah, you need to be better than me <laughs> I know well I mean it like I said it had been recently dropped and recently you're not defining a time period that's not <laughs> the, pizza- how the five second rule works <laughs> Yeah. It's also pizza crust. Kids are crazy in that they don't like pizza crust. My kids will not eat the crust, and the crust is the best part. That's not true.
0: I, yes, it is. I would agree. Whole, I, mm, I would agree. But it's the, the best crust. part?
1: Well, I like the little bit right up to the crust, you know, that. Yeah, that, that still of, has a little bit of sauce and cheese that, on it. Yeah, when you get a crust that has a little bit of the pizza yeah, bit to it, that's, that's exactly yeah. it. And then you can kind of roll it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, I I I like the pizza part of the pizza <laughs> yep. that has the pizza on it. <laughs> well, to each their own, I, I suppose. Um, but anytime you try to mention anything to me about things I have touched, I will bring up the fact that you have eaten rainbow sprinkled pizza crust That's off fair. the floor. That's fair. That's fair.
1: There's nobody. There's, no one comes here. There's no. We just stay here now. This no is one where we comes
0: live. at my house either. It's it's just me and mom and dad all the time. <laughs>
1: All the time. It's it's a lot, guys. <laughs> uh, Mom and Dad, I know you listen to our show, so I just want to say you're so lucky, Riley. I wish it could oh just be me. Oh, my god! I'm up here Sydney. on my own with just a couple cats, and yeah, yeah, the, the love of your parents. Aren't you so jealous of her right now? Yeah, boy. Oh. Where you that are... I could switch places man. with you. man. What that I could... <laughs> Anyways.
0: So what was our assignment this week? We're not talking about you all kissing our parents' butts. I talking don't think about... that's
1: very good in the days of COVID either. No, do not do that. No, no butt, butt kissing. It was a... Unless they're in your, I guess,
0: infectious, co- in, in your isolation. Well, uh, pod. Uh, I, I, okay. Um, anyways, we're talking about Taylor Swift. Um, I told you all to watch the uh, Miss Americana documentary on netflix about taylor swift yes and i want to and i did i completed the assignment it just came out this year it premiered at sundance and Mm -hmm. it just came out on netflix this year um it's all about her it's more recent i mean it's all about her writing her most recent album and all of the the stuff that has happened with her leaving her previous record company and all of that stuff so i want to know your initial thoughts
1: Tay, would you like to go first uh yeah, I really didn't know what I was how I was going to feel about it. I I'll, I'll be honest like I don't have anything against Taylor Swift. Her music is definitely mm-hmm. catchy. It's not necessarily my kind of music, so I didn't like have strong feelings going in, but I was surprised by how much I related to it and felt mm-hmm. for her. Uh like I thought it was it was very eye-opening and and very well done and gave a lot of uh I don't know, like Reality to taylor swift for me which yeah. is weird yeah <laughs> i would agree I, I actually have to say i was a little skeptical going in because i thought mm-hmm. like i mean I, again i feel the same way you do about her music tay i don't it was never exactly my thing i don't dislike it certainly and there are some of the songs especially since charlie really likes some of her music mm-hmm. that I mean, they're good songs. They're good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. good music. I enjoy I enjoy listening to it. But like I haven't sought it out, you know. Right. I don't I don't have the songs like in my library. um, Except for probably one that Charlie downloaded. But uh, I Charlie really,
0: really like Shake It Off.
1: She loves. Sh- she loves Shake It Off. There's also like a weird video where they do like a Disney Shake It Off. That's her favorite. Yeah. um, But she still does love the original Shake It Off. And she loves me. Mm-hmm. She wants the dress at the end of me that's the actually C- no, the CGI paint dress.
0: Oh, okay. But she's not, not real.
1: That's not real. Yeah. That's the one she wants, <laughs> obviously. She wants yeah. the one that doesn't exist in real life. So, yeah. easy for me. Yeah. But uh, I was impressed by having, like, I, I don't want to say low expectations, but thinking, like, well, this is probably not really made mm-hmm. for me. How How much I did connect with the things that she said and... Mm-hmm with kind of her challenges and how it did humanize her a lot more for me. And
0: Mm -hmm. um, I would say like, I'm more of a fan than I was before. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's good. I mean, I, okay. So I grew up with Taylor Swift, like when she was releasing her first album, when she was only like 16, 15, I was in probably fifth grade. I was like 10 years old going into middle school and she was still doing country music, but I was still surrounded, you know, by a lot of friends here that also liked country music. So I did like country music for a while. And Taylor Swift was my favorite country artist.
1: You liked because... Leanne
0: Rimes, too, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. So, I mean, her music wasn't like it was still kind of pop country, but it, it, she was young and she was a female and she was making really good music. And it was very kind of relatable to like the teen angsty like experiences of like the first guy you have a crush on and your first heartbreak and losing a best friend and getting a new best friend. Like all that kind of all that kind of stuff, you know, that, that happens when was you're in middle school. Wait, was that one song where you lose your
1: best friend and you get a new best friend or are those two separate? Was that like part one and part two? I think they're two separate
0: songs. <laughs> the ones I'm thinking of. It's not just one song. <laughs> um, but I kind of fell out with Taylor Swift. We had a, a little I'm just kidding. We oh, didn't no. have a falling out. Did you got have bad blood? That's you all too. Blood. That's not about you. <laughs> it's about me. Oh, no. Okay, that's okay guys, listen. Hold up. Are you Katy Perry? Yes. Aww. I'm sorry. I didn't know it was gonna come out this way. Um no, I kinda of stopped listening to her music for a while because she transitioned from the country music I had grown up with that was her first like two or three albums. That I still listen to to this day, like all of her original hits are like my entire throwback playlist are just those country, yeah, I still love them. you I, still listen to country music, just those I don't listen to any other country music now, except for those Taylor Swift songs I'm fascinated by, them. and those. I love them because like they're they're that it's the kind of music I don't know, I'm sure you all have bands like this that you listen to a lot when you're growing up, and even if they're not kind of the music you would listen to now. It's just you have memories associated with them and you remember, like, watching the artist and looking up to the artist, just like, I love these songs because I've known them for probably a decade.
1: Yeah. I guess I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I'm yeah. trying, maybe my taste in music hasn't evolved as much over the years. That's what I'm learning. Yeah.
0: But, but carry on. <laughs> I mean... I I still listen to like old Miley Cyrus. That was Hannah Montana or like old Jonas Brothers or whatever. Like, how did you, how do you have these? This is a side note, but how? what format are you
1: listening? Are they like, did you re-download these songs? Like Mm -hmm. did you're, you're seeking them out fresh. Okay.
0: I mean, when I downloaded them the first time, I didn't have an iPhone. They were like, actually I had the CDs of all of them.
1: Cause that, well, then I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah.
0: Uh, that was the uh, Taylor Swift's album, Fearless, was the first one I ever kept in mom's car as a CD, and it had the little booklet in it that had all the lyrics <laughs> to all the songs. So I would always tell mom to put it in whenever she'd like pick me up from school, and I would pull out that little booklet and sing along until I knew all of the lyrics. Um, that's like one of the last and first memories I have with a CD. But <laughs> I, guess, I guess that can happen. I guess that if Spin Doctors
1: came on, I would leave it on. <laughs> so... That, does that, is, is that analogous? Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, but then she she transitioned. She changed her, her record label to Pop, and that was what she started making. And I guess I just didn't, it felt very different. It's like when celebrities make a transition and everyone kind of does that gross toxic thing it's like no i want the old one back Uh. i want the old taylor swift Mm -hmm. it's like no they're evolving because they're a person they're not just there to like create entertainment for you they're evolving because they want to and um i stopped listening to her for a few years and then she came out with her most recent album lover and left her record label and those awful people kept her music so now she doesn't own any of her old music but now she owns all of this music now and uh were you not into Reputation? I wasn't. I actually hadn't listened to any of mm. it when it came out because it was when Taylor Swift was going through all that very, the various dramas with like Katy Perry, with Kanye, all that stuff. Um, I don't know. It just didn't really interest me, I guess. I tried to listen to a few and it just wasn't my, my style. But then I listened to, well, 1989 and Red came up before that and those mm-hmm. were pop. I did listen to those, but Reputation was kind of where I...
1: I stopped. Charlie became obsessed with Look What You Made Me Do. She so <laughs>
0: did. I have listened to
1: that and seen that music video.
0: And I have listened to that and seen that music many video a, many times. times. Yeah. Um, but the rest <laughs> of the songs, you, the, the less popular ones, I have not. I
1: would highly recommend, uh, if you have the opportunity to ever hear the,
0: the Charlie <laughs> McElroy
1: version of Look What You Made Me Do. It's very good. <laughs> Except for um, she would run out of the room during the part of the music video when she says, uh, taylor can't come to the phone right now why because she's, she's dead. dead yeah <laughs> she would run out of the yeah. room because that was too scary yeah, for her i don't right. I don't like that line like abstractly <laughs> Just...
0: old taylor is from dead from one... <laughs> one taylor to another yeah do you feel like it's a personal attack ain't, ain't 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 T. Swift. <laughs> i'm fine i'm right here <laughs> the, the old taylor is
1: still right here
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so, yeah, recently she came out with Lover, and it is a very good album. It's her first album that she mm-hmm. owns entirely. I'm pretty sure. And I mean, since she was i should clarify since she started making music, she has written all of her music. Yeah, she has other writers, but they have all been her songs
1: it it is that is a cool. So there's a lot in the documentary if you're not if you haven't seen it, like, scenes of her working on her new album Mm -hmm. and it is really neat just to see that i like that process they had that that reality show for a while that was like that yeah where they would have people come on and like play a song they had written and then they would have like a famous recording artist and producers and people work with them to like turn it into something that i remember whoever the famous person is could then perform perform yeah um and watching people like work songs out and like find the parts that really work and like mm-hmm. build on those to the rest of it is really fascinating. Yeah. And so I, I really enjoyed those yeah. parts. And you can tell, I mean, whatever you think of her music personally, like your tastes, mm-hmm. she's obviously very musically talented. Oh, yeah. I mean, her her ability to take, to find the hook mm-hmm. is very impressive. Cause we, yeah. when you see her like developing these songs, she starts with the hook. right? Like she knows the thing. yeah. And then she builds the song around it, and it and they're very yeah. personal. And I, I was very impressed with all that,
0: especially when you know the songs that end up coming out of it, and you can see the changes she made, and like how much of it even it stayed the same, which was, I think, most shocking to me because to me, songwriting seems like a process. I have never written any music, but it mm-hmm. seems like a process that you go through a lot of like trial and error. Like starting with something that doesn't work, so you got to start over. But when she was writing her songs pretty much everything she started with ended up saying in the song. We assume. Yeah. We assume. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if these drafts were like the very, very first ones sure, that we were sure. seeing. but a lot of the first time she was singing through these songs, now the final versions you can hear are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean... I, I,
1: I enjoyed all those, all those bits. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like how commanding of a role she took in those parts, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Like, she was always working with a producer, uh, you know, somebody who I'm assuming is older, maybe more experienced than her, and she definitely was mm-hmm. like, Nope, this is what let's go this direction, like let's do this. Like yeah. I'm sure she had to fight for that ability, starting so young. Like, you know, we're mm-hmm. seeing her produce an album now on the cusp of thirty and she started what at sixteen or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine that probably was a hard fought ability to like, you know, be opinionated and, and be clear about what you want. But she definitely can do right. that now and that's that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah well, and you can see the she talks about in the very beginning that she always like her defining thing was she wanted to be she doesn't just say good she says a good girl, mm-hmm. which I feel like is such a loaded concept mm-hmm. like it's it's so much bigger than just those words mm-hmm. um that she always wanted to be a good girl and i I felt like that resonated with me.
0: Sorry, Sydney has a ghost in her studio. Door just Sorry, opened. The door just opened. On, so.
1: <laughs> There's no one uh-huh. in <laughs> uh, Anyway, the the ghost of the patriarchy is coming in yeah. to haunt me. As <laughs> We're I
0: talk you about Taylor Swift, uh-oh. as I
1: dissect the concept of a good girl. But I I felt like that that was so powerful. Like, and I I mean, as an adult, these are things I've already kind of thought through. I've mm-hmm. I've I've had this. Revelation. But if you're a young person watching this, to see somebody that successful talk about, like, uh, because I started so young, and because when you're that age, so much of your success is tied up with the adults around you mm-hmm. and like wanting to make them happy and proud and please others. And that all, like, eventually that becomes who you are. Mm-hmm. That is your entire identity is someone whose job it is to make others happy and proud. And pleased with you, and if at any point you you fail in that goal, even if it's just one tri- Twitter troll, right? Like, then you have your entire identity crumbles. You yes. failed as a human. I mean, that's hoof. Yeah, you feel that. Like you feel her mm. stress. Yeah, in that. Well, I, I I think it's because women with power are culturally. Like, that's, you're you're evil, you're you're conniving, you're wicked, you did something to get that. So I feel like when you're a woman with power, you have to bend over backwards to be like, I'm still nice, I'm still pleasant, look how, like, I think of, like, Anne Hathaway, like, maybe a decade ago, you know,
0: versus Anne Hathaway now, Mm -hmm.
1: which I... I feel like she's very coming to her own, but it's like I felt like she just had to be so like just sweet and just oh I can't believe this oh I'm I'm so shocked I'm so humble I can't I'm I'm garbage How did I win anything It's like no you're amazingly talented, own it like yeah But you kind of have to go through that breaking point of just being like oh it I'm never going to be good enough Am I Okay Then I'm just going to be whatever, (laughs) right Yeah I think I think we're very trained to do that to downplay our own successes and to be hypercritical. And then, like, give other people credit for when we do something well. Mm-hmm. And you, I will say, even though she talks about towards the end that, like, uh, she says that, like, there's a saying about famous people that they remain forever the same age mm-hmm. that they were when they became famous. Mm-hmm. And that it's taken her a lot of work to get to 29, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> to catch up yeah. with the age that she actually is. Uh, I would say that she's still, like... You still see those insecurities because she's watching. Oh, yeah, she's watching the like playback of the video they're filming for me. Right, and she's so mean to herself.
0: Uh, yeah, she's so hypercritical That's of her herself. Only criticism of the video at any point when they show yeah. it is while they're filming it is how she looks and she, what she's doing.
1: She says, "Look at my face. It's a very slappable face." You mm-hmm. can just see how deeply I think all of the hate she's gotten has has seep under her skin because she views her work as if she's viewing it the way that all of her haters will like that that part was really troubling to me because it was clear it's like this is what people are going to say about me so I'm going to say it first and I get that (laughs) but (laughs) yes but also it's like ah like that that's hard to see play out
0: and you know those have to be things that maybe not to that extent but that directors and producers have said to her Mm -hmm. before like, no, you don't look right in this. You have to do this better. Or this doesn't sound right. And this is how you need to dress. And this is how you need to present yourself. Like, those have to be things that she's learned from mm-hmm. the men that she worked for. And mm-hmm. then owned her and her music and her rights to do pretty much anything. Which she talks a little bit about. Like, the the uh, ease with which you can sign a really bad record deal when you're young and you're, you know, a female. And you want to get into music or entertainment or whatever. And you just want someone to like your music. So you sign this deal not knowing what it means. And then you end up with someone controlling you and owning everything you've created, basically. Mm -hmm. Which I think is really interesting to see. Because I feel like that's the kind of thing that you just figure happens in Hollywood. But you don't really see it happening. Because most people are just like, yeah, I just want to be famous. So, whatever. Mm -hmm. But she's very much like, I did. But also now, I'm an adult and I want my stuff I've made Mm -hmm. and I just want to do this for me this isn't to be like a famous teenager anymore
1: well and she she clearly still I mean it's it's really interesting it's a really well-made film because uh it's not um it it's her viewpoint Mm -hmm. obviously I Mm -hmm. mean you get plenty from her perspective right but there is another eye on the film there is, a, there is an observer on the film who is helping flesh out that story and tell the whole story because at the same time that she's getting control over her life, she has a conversation when she's eating burritos about mm-hmm. how she, she can't really make plans for the future yet because the next two years of her life are planned out. Right. So she can't just say like, well, maybe that'll happen or maybe this or maybe I could get married and have kids or whatever mm-hmm. she wants to do because and it's very external Mm -hmm. the next two years of my life are will be planned for me yeah and and like those things contradict her kind of assertions Mm -hmm. of like self of like control over her own life it's a very fascinating thing to see play out because even though she definitely has much more freedom than she used to well I mean I think we have to assume based on her narrative her story there are still aspects of her life that are so controlled that she she, and she's so used to it, mm-hmm. she doesn't even see it, yeah. you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, that has to be how her life has been planned out since she started making music. You know, yes. you make an album, you spend all this time writing it, producing it, you record it, you release it, then you plan a tour, you go on tour. Okay, you're back from tour. It's time to start all over. You Next out writing. Yeah. I mean, that has to be, you know, two year sections of her life planned out into, that's when I started writing Fearless and that's when I went on tour. That's why I started writing Red. That's why I went on tour. Like, yeah. that's yeah. her whole life.
1: I found it when she was talking about how, uh, you know, seeing pictures of herself online, she tries not to look as much, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I guess I should say, trigger warning, she talks about starving herself, I mean, she's she's talking about, she's verbalizing an eating disorder, but even her discomfort mm-hmm. in saying that, like, mm-hmm. you know, I it's that way you talk about it when you're not quite ready to say, like, I have an eating disorder, and it's, it's yes. part of my life, like... She's still kind of like, I did a bad thing sometimes where I wouldn't eat and oh, that was bad. But it's still like good and bad. You know, it's like I did a bad thing. I would do a bad thing. And it's that part was like I kind of going to what you were saying, Where It's like, yeah, she's coming into her power. She's coming into her abilities. But it's also revealing like she still has a lot to work through from what she's had to live Mm -hmm. through, Uh, which is weird to say, seeing as how she's, you know, a, a pop starlet and a millionaire. But like that's still trauma is trauma. Yeah. yeah, And you uh, that I, I found I, I had I always wonder about that when people when young people are kind of thrust into the spotlight mm-hmm. and have to grow up that way and be criticized constantly. And I think it can be worse if you're a woman. I think that's fair to say, like with physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wonder, like, what does that do to your to your body image and your relationship with your body and with food and all that kind of stuff and I, I think because of my own history I always wonder that mm-hmm. and so I can't say I was shocked when she started to talk about that but I agree with you Tay it wasn't it it wasn't an acceptance of like I have mm-hmm. disordered eating and it is something that you know I'm working through it was it, it was still felt very external yeah Um, and that's but I mean I can't imagine what that's the she, she wears those outfits which they they show her being put in that disco ball the melted down (laughs) disco ball she calls it outfit and she's very uncomfortable like she says that
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um and everyone around her is saying you look so beautiful oh my gosh she looks so beautiful oh my gosh she looks so amazing and all she's talking about is how uncomfortable she feels in it i felt like that was a very revealing moment because in between when she's writing songs and stuff (laughs) I believe I believe she is dressed as what we would call a visco girl.
0: Yeah, the giant the shirts, V-up. hoodies, and shirts, and leggings, and scrunchies, and yeah, she yes. looks so comfy. extremely comfortable, yeah. very yes. comfortable, yes. extremely comfortable, like to the hyper comfortable. Like, Man, I want to dress like that. It looks very comfy. yes.
1: Yeah. I would wear the clothes Taylor Swift wears when she is making music, but not the clothes she, she wears when she is performing music, yeah. because much like she says in the movie, I would be very uncomfortable. Right. I hope I hope there's an evolution of Taylor Swift where she's just out on stage in her big old cat sweater with her guitar and her hair in a pony. Yeah. She's like, yeah, this is me. I write this music. You love it. This is what you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if she wants to wear the sparkle jumpsuits, she yeah. can. I'm right. not saying you can't, but... She was the, obviously
0: stating she was uncomfortable in something that everyone was like, no, way!" right.
1: Yes, that was the hey. only moment we get like any insight into how she feels about it. She's telling yeah. us she's
0: uncomfortable. Um, I just, I, I can't, they showed a lot of back and forth between when she was young and people criticizing her for looking too thin and too small. And now that she's older, she said, you know, I finally feel like I've gotten healthy and I've mm-hmm. maybe finally developed this healthy relationship with food. Still, you know, has moments where she definitely does not. But she's gained weight and she says she feels better about herself and she feels healthy. And then there's all the comments and clips of people talking about how she looks overweight. Now she looks like she's let herself go. Mm -hmm. She looks different in her stage outfits than she did when she was 16, which like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would hope so. (laughs) When you're on stage in, in a dress when you're 16, obviously you're going to look different than when you're a 29 year old woman. Yeah. That's just, that's what your body does.
1: I, I have thought about that a lot because There's a lot of rhetoric around, and this is different but related. There's always a lot of rhetoric around after you have a baby Mm -hmm. that you want to get back to your pre-baby body. Mm -hmm. This is the body that gave birth. I don't want to go back to the body that didn't give birth Mm -hmm. because now I have a body that gave birth and I got kids from it. I'm very proud of that. I have no need to make yeah, my the body, body before
0: birth did not have kids.
1: Yeah. Th- have this kids. is this is my body now. I don't need to make it what it was but it, it has learned and grown and mm-hmm. changed in ways that reflect my life experiences and I embrace it with all of its stretch marks and sags mm-hmm. and wrinkles mm-hmm. and that's the same at all yeah. ages. Yeah. your body leveled up, it evolved. It's like a Pokemon. You you know you don't tell it to <laughs> yeah. go back. Oh no, you were well, some people do. You were cute when you were when you were when you were a little bulbasaur. Yeah. No, no, I don't like you now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Like, obviously, she doesn't look like she did when she was 16. Uh, none of us do. Yeah.
0: I mean, unless you're still 16, in which case. You do. Then you do. Because you're 16. <laughs> um, I think another important aspect of Taylor Swift's career and this movie is her many relationships. And the various romantic relationships she has had. Because that's always been a thing I've seen growing up that people criticize her for I never really understood but I also just like kind of accepted it was a thing that happened to women in media was how many men she had dated right. mm-hmm. and criticizing like wow she just she broke up with Harry Styles last week and now she's dating John Mayer like she's had many relationships which is normal for people to date different people if they want to to go on lots of dates to have different relationships to not spend as long as another person recovering from a relationship and wanting to date someone else or just spend time platonically Mm -hmm. with a friend of the gender that you would also date romantically and people assume that's a romantic relationship but that was always a thing people talked badly about her for was was how many people she dated and um to the point where now she's in a long-term relationship with someone who she has barely been photographed with who she barely talks about in interviews and just writes music about because she doesn't want to be criticized if anything were to happen. Yeah. That, and unfortunately
1: I think that's fairly common because yeah. not only is it tolerated if you're a man, mm-hmm. it's celebrated Expected. often. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're, if you're a man and especially if you're famous and mm-hmm. attractive, like Taylor Swift is famous and attractive and you date a bunch of people who are also attractive and maybe also famous mm-hmm. It, if you're a man, that's like, whoa. Yeah. Like that's so cool. Yeah. You're you're a playboy. Like that's yeah. what you are, but not Taylor Swift.
0: Which she says in her song The Man. She says, you know, if I were a man, they'd say I played the field before I found someone to commit to and that would be okay. And I'd be like Leonardo DiCaprio is who she calls right. out. But like she says that. She's like, if I were a man I dated a bunch of attractive women Everyone will be like, yeah, cool, and now you've settled down, and you're getting mm-hmm. married. Cool. Yeah. Well, that, But she's no, not. She
1: gets, and it's not even like, it's like the read that she gets from that is she can't make anybody stay. Like, oh, she must be crazy. Like, yeah. Nobody wants to stay with her. It's like, oh, no, it's not that she's just having fun, like having relationships mm-hmm. and yeah. learning about herself. No, no, no. She must, she must be broken somehow because she can't make a man right. stay. Well, and who... That's a wild thing, too, because, like, if you consider that she started her career when she was 15 or 16, take like, let's take away all the fame and talent and all that, and she's just a normal teenager, and she dates a guy, and then they break up. Would you say, why couldn't you make him stay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that would be a wild thing to say to, a, like, yeah. a 16- or 17-year-old, right? Like, you would never say that. And, I mean, even the same when you're, you know, in your early 20s. Like, mm-hmm. who's looking at a, at a 20-year-old and going... I can't believe that person you dated, you didn't marry. Yeah. Like obviously everybody you date when you're 20, you marry. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Like, well, no, I mean, for most of us, the average age of marriage is getting older. People are waiting longer. It's expected they'll date more or investigate more. If that's, you know, if you're somebody who likes Mm -hmm. to date and wants a partner of of a romantic type, I, it's totally normal. It's all, Mm -hmm. But Normal. it goes into that that same sort of good girl stereotype, right? Like if you're if you're a woman and you date yeah. around, either you're trying to find the one and you're just broken and you can't, or you're you're a bad girl because you're just you're just mm-hmm. sleeping around. Like there's two choices. So
0: yeah, know? yeah. N- neither and are you, good. I mean, you have to imagine if she released her first album when she was 16, she has had all of her serious relationships and all of her first relationships since she has been under the public eye. So I can't even imagine like your first ever relationship, your first ever breakup Her, being just everyone knows it, everyone sees it and everyone's saying and that you did something wrong. And everybody has an opinion on it. it.
1: That was one thing as I was watching, Justin was watching a little bit of it with me and he said it makes him feel claustrophobic because if you start out and you're this kind of prodigy, which mm-hmm. she's pretty young, so yeah. I think you can make that case, yeah. kind of prodigy in terms of like musical success and talent. And then you start making albums that, what did they say? Like her album, she tied the Beatles with having the most albums that stayed at number one for the longest or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you're winning Grammys and all this. So you're the best. So you hit a moment where you're the best and you're that young. What do you do with the rest of your life? Like, how do you, how do you rationalize that? How do you process that? Because we all do well when we have goals. Mm hmm. If your talent and your skill set have made you the best in your field, mm-hmm. in your, you know, your chosen pathway, if you've become the best at that age, there's only one way to go. So either you continue to make the best music in the world for the rest of your life, which is
0: impossible, which is
1: impossible, yeah. or you're not the best anymore. And so now you're on the downfall. Right. And, and that like psychologically, that has to just be. Yeah. I can't imagine what that would be like, yep. having never been the right. best podcaster.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I can, I can relate, you know, being the best, most famous teenage podcaster oh, right. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. to
1: exist. Right. right.
0: Yeah, now sure. I just feel like my whole career is just I'm, on a downward trajectory. I am the best family doctor in the... <laughs> I mean, you're I'm probably really. like the best family doctor podcaster. I don't know. There are other Family Doctor podcasters. If you get if you get your little category yeah. small enough, everyone's the best at go. something.
1: That's true. I'll keep narrowing um, it down until yeah. I get to be the best. I'm just the best Sydney That's, I
0: can be. There you go. That's what matters. Uh, I think another one and one of the last things they touch on and one of the last things we'll touch on because it's a big part of the documentary is her willingness to speak about important issues. Political like issues. Politics. Yeah. Um, and elections. And there's a very emotional scene that I will say I did kind of tear up a little bit when she is fighting, I believe, with her dad and then like her producer or mm-hmm. something, um, maybe PR director, about making a statement about one of the elections going on in Tennessee, where she's from, mm-hmm. between this woman, yeah. right, mm-hmm. who is Who's a Republican, Republican who Blackburn. Has voted against many bills that would have supported women, would have supported LGBTQ people, would have supported minority- minorities, And saying she wants people to vote for this other candidate who is a Democrat who wants to fix all these things and is more progressive. And she's crying and arguing and saying, like, I want to be able to do this. I've stayed silent about all of these things for too long. How am I going to be up here singing this song? that's about, like, yay, women, yay, minorities, yay, the LGBTQ community. But also, like, I'm not going to say anything about this election Mm -hmm. that's going to hurt you in my home state. Like that, and and she's basically. She, I mean, she's what twenty eight, twenty nine years old at that point, and having to say like, "Dad, let me talk let me about, speak politics. Out about politics. Let me talk about something that's important to me," because that's the first time in her career she ever has. She's always, she said, she's always been expected to stay silent about those things and smile and nod and talk about her music, and that's uh, it. I'm, like that's yeah. what she's for.
1: And they bring up the Dixie Chicks, which were absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean destroyed the, the, the origins of cancel culture is maybe the dixie chicks yeah yeah they're i, I mean I, their careers really fell apart after that and
0: they're uh i don't know if you'll know this but they do a song with taylor on oh. her new album oh, do i don't know if they touch on that the documentary but she wrote a song about her mom because her mom was diagnosed with cancer yeah. and she wrote a song about her mom and the dixie chicks uh sing Aww. it with her oh, on nice. the album it's and they're nice. they're
1: back right aren't they didn't they make a new yeah, album or right? album or they're touring or something? something?
0: They're back. Um yeah. never had a problem with the Dixie chicks. Yeah. But I mean it's it's very evident that she's never been able to voice her opinions on things and it's gotten her negative press and negative commentary for being this silent just watching, you know, all of this stuff happen and never saying how she feels about it. But the minute that she also says how she feels about it, as an educated adult woman who has taken the time to read up on issues and know how she feels and try to do the best thing for the biggest amount of people mm-hmm. is also criticized for saying how she feels which i think anyone who has any sort of platform mm-hmm. any social media has experienced that you know you say anything about politics about current events someone will disagree with you yeah but just feeling like you can't when you're almost 30 years old and knowing that you've never spoken about those things and to see that shift from her saying, I just want to talk about this election to writing songs on an album that are entirely about politics. Mm-hmm. The song that the documentary is named after, Miss Americana and the Heart Prince, they don't talk a lot about in the documentary, but is about the 2016 election and is about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and is about Democrats and Republicans. And it's about her for the first time in her life, wanting to be a part of something, wanting to fight. For something she believes in, and mm-hmm. losing, and comparing it to like this high school couple, she, she does take in
1: stride. I will say to the flack she got from all the Fox News talking yeah. heads and from the president, right.
0: from the president, she like I think at one point didn't she say like laugh about it? And yeah, like, yeah. Donald Trump tweeted at me, man, <laughs> like she was excited. Well, that's about it. I mean I think you
1: know which was relatable because you know you're on the right side right. of things right yeah. now. If Donald Trump doesn't like you, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I I actually found I found that moving, but the part at the end where she's um, finding out that Marsha Blackburn won again yeah. or won, I guess not again, won, yeah. I I found that um, extremely relatable and very moving because mm-hmm. she was experiencing I, I guess because she wasn't as involved in 2016 she didn't have that moment then yeah. or at least she didn't talk about it, but the moment she's having when Marsha Blackburn wins is I think the moment a lot of us had in, in 2016, 2016 when right. Trump won where you're just like you keep looking at your f- she's looking at her phone trying to see that something will be different it's and it's not, not different mm-hmm. it is what it is and you just can't process that that is really yeah. the world that y- you can see that on her face yeah. and i found that a little heartbreaking
0: and there is even another level to that for me that i feel like we could all relate to the three of us um anyone else from somewhere like appalachia where she was talking about you know, yes, I live in Hollywood now and I make music, but I'm from Tennessee and that's where I'm from. And I don't want people thinking of Tennessee as this yeah. hateful, you know, not progressive state that elects people who are hateful, not progressive people. And I feel like that's very relatable for people like us that come from somewhere like West Virginia, who people, a lot of people from not here see as a place mm-hmm. where we elect hateful, not progressive people. Sure. And that's what we're full of. And she wants to use her platform to show, like, that's not what Tennessee is. That's not the Tennessee I know. And then, you know, that to do all that yeah. and, and to lose again is... I can't imagine that being your first moment speaking out. But it did talk about the number of voters that were new, that were between the ages of, like, 18 and 24, that she had gotten to go register to vote. That they assume, yeah. 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 Since she announced, like, her support for the other candidate, mm-hmm. which I mm-hmm. cannot remember their name. But, um... All the people that registered to vote. As soon as she shared that, which sure. is a good thing, even if the person in win, just getting people to vote, and yeah, getting okay. young people excited about politics, is a good thing. So I have to imagine that was some sort of consolation mm-hmm. for her. Um,
1: well, and yeah. it's like I think that you know that transition for her that you kind of see is maybe what 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 it's getting at is like as entertainers, you all kind of you know we all kind of learn that there's the the version of us that people are showing up to see there's you know the stuff that they like about us but it's never your whole mm-hmm. person it's just this is your act and I, when right. your act becomes a big enough part of your life when it's everything you do and everything you wake up and do it's got to be all of you at some point you can't yeah. you can't keep hacking off parts of you and hiding them away because when it takes over your life it's like it's you got to see all of me and i think that's kind of mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm her being able to be open about her opinions of herself it's like her career is her entire life so she's gotta be allowed to right. exist fully in it which you know is is a good evolution for, for, for T-Swift yeah. <laughs> and um, similar to the plot of Frozen oh, 2 that-
0: exactly <laughs> yes precisely exactly well, what I was thinking and I really
1: uh, I had show yourself uh, going uh, mm-hmm. on in my head as, as you were that's talking that's what it's so, about it's actually it's actually, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's actually it about, Taylor about Taylor Swift yeah uh didn't see that you coming. To say, I I did not um I didn't get teary at any point uh during this except for like at the very end she has a line where she says that she uh, what did you say a sharp a sharp pin and thin skin is how she wants to go forward. And I thought mm-hmm. that was it was really kind of a beautiful statement because I think that also like you know you you always get the the rhetoric like you got to toughen up. You got to get used to criticism. You got to toughen up. But when you're an artist and a creative person, it's like, well, the whole thing that I do is I'm not tough. I'm sensitive. I'm emotional. I express my emotions and I'm in mm-hmm. touch with them. So the whole idea of toughening up and just learning to deal with it and not letting me affect me, it's like everything affects me. That's why I'm an artist. And I think that that, you yeah. know, is kind of what she mm-hmm. was saying with that line. It's like, oh, it's going to keep hurting, but I'm going to keep dealing with it, which is so much more powerful yeah. than I'm just going to learn to be numb to other people's hatred towards me.
0: (laughs) Right. Yes, I agree. Um, the last thing I will say, I will talk about, I could talk about (laughs) Taylor Swift forever. Um, her music, this, this movie, all of it, but she was nominated and voted as artist of the decade
1: Mm -hmm. at
0: the VMAs in this year for 2010 to 2020, um, for all of her music. And she wasn't going to be able to perform any of her songs from before this album because she doesn't own them anymore. Um, which is a whole other thing, but she ended up wearing this outfit at the very beginning, which if you haven't watched the performance, you should, because it's very great. But it's a white oversized jacket that just has been big block letters, all the names of all of her albums. And she's up there singing the man is how she starts with a bunch of little girls surrounding her and helping her and all wearing the same exact thing. And then she goes into all these songs that she's written and all like the progression of her career from the very beginning to the very end. It's just, it's beautiful. Because it's it's like this representation of I was a little girl, I didn't know what I was doing and here I am and this is everything I've owned. This is my work, mm-hmm. this is mine and this is who I am now. And it's it's very good. I think it's a very good representation of how far she has come.
1: Well, I, I would say that um, even if you're not Necessarily a big Taylor Swift fan like like myself, yeah. and again, I was never an anti fan. Right, it just it's not your not your thing. No, but but I mean, some of her songs are yeah are great. I like me a lot. Mm-hmm. We listen to that one a lot now. Uh, but I would I would say this is actually a really good film in terms of what it's like to be a young girl mm-hmm. in this country. And obviously, there are other parts about fame and stuff that are right. not broadly applicable. But like. The pressure that you feel as a young woman, especially Mm -hmm. if like you're trying to be successful in something in the way that I I, I, it was very insightful. It was it was very well done as Mm -hmm. like a picture of a young woman in in the United States. I thought, yeah, there there was there were a lot of things said there.
0: Probably even more so for young girls now younger Mm -hmm. than me because I didn't grow up with the Taylor Swift who was doing these kinds of things. I grew up with the Taylor Swift who was silent and did what men told her to do and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know, I, I thought, I thought, I thought it was a very interesting, thoughtful yeah. story. Yeah. So if you want to watch oh, Miss you. Americana, it's on Netflix. I highly recommend. And um, if you
1: uh, know where I can buy a CGI dress <laughs> that dress. looks like paint. Yes. <laughs> spilling off of a human. <laughs> Uh, just uh, tweet that at me, yeah. please, or something
0: <laughs> so that I can get it for my daughter. <laughs> um, thank you all for watching this with me this week. Sydney, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week, we're we're going to do a... You talked
1: about Leo, and if it was the end of the episode, it would have been a perfect Oh, segue, I didn't think about it. But it's, it, was, I, it was too early. Uh, I thought we should all watch or rewatch, watch in I think all of our cases... Uh, the Leo- the Leonardo DiCaprio, Claire Danes, Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. by Baz Luhrmann. I believe it was 1996. Okay. Was when it came I out. I've watched this before. Yes, I'm very I excited. Yes. Yeah. So so let's talk about that. If you want a real treat, listen to the soundtrack too. Yeah. Oh man. I listen to that soundtrack it really so much. Anyway. I'm very
0: excited. Yeah. So I'll that's next, next week. week. Yep. If you want to watch along with us.
1: Well, thank you both. Thank you, listeners. Uh, Everybody, keep hanging in there. If you're staying at home, you're doing great. If you're not staying at home, please go home right now. (laughs) Unless you have an essential job, in which case you can't. And I'm sorry. Then wash your hands a lot. Decontaminate when you get home. And stay home as much as you can. We're all going to get through this. We're all going to be fine if we just take care of each other and support each other and stick up for each other. and um. I guess keep I don't know, does Taylor Swift have some words of
0: wisdom right now? um I'm looking to you Riley i, I don't now all of her old songs are stuck in my head, and now they're all just about boys. Oh, they're very good, but I don't think they apply to the well,
1: situation. Hey, if listening to songs about teenage breakups is what you need right now, that's okay too, yeah. <laughs> Um, you can tweet at us at Still Buff. You can email us at Still at maximumfund dot org. And uh, thank you to MaximumFun.org dot org for hosting our show as well as many other wonderful podcasts. Hey, uh, we we've talked about special things. Uh, you both need to get your outfit of the day as oh, your yes. to dos yes. out there because Charlie has already styled me once, and I have that picture, and yeah, I have not do. put it on the internet yet because it would have no context and be very confusing. For well, everyone. Now that I
0: have organized all of my clothing, get, I will be able to put together your to do. Yeah,
1: get to get together your oot to do's and put them out there so then I can share the oot to do that Charlie... There's hair and makeup and the oh, whole wow. thing. Right. Oh, man. So I, I got to put that on Twitter, but it, without context, it will just look like I've... Like being in the house too long <laughs> has really gotten to me. Yep.
0: All right, well, that... Which maybe is I mean, also yeah. applicable. That, that's yeah.
1: good though. I I uh, I haven't haven't put on. I mean, I've, I've been trying to put on human clothes, but doing the whole thing, I haven't done that. Hair, makeup. That's should remember mm-hmm. how to do that. I haven't even put on real clothes. <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, if Charlie was there, she would do it. <laughs> yeah. All um, right. Well, everybody, hang in yes. there. Stay safe. Stay home. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby
0: Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And
1: I'm Taylor Smurl.
0: I am still buffering. And
1: I am, am to shake it off, does that work? Like just shake it oh ah. <laughs> Before next week you need a. T- you need to find a twenty second snippet of the Taylor Swift song that they can watch everybody can watch okay. their I can do that. Okay. All right, Adam, uh, Maximum Fun wants us to record, like, a promo to tell people that they should listen to The Greatest Generation. You want to do that? No. I am tired of
0: all the extra work. I just wanted to talk about Star Trek with my friend.
1: I, I think it, it would be good to, like, try and get some new listeners by appealing to the audiences of other shows. Like, this, this will only take a minute or two. It could be good for us. We sit down for an hour if we can talk about a Star Trek episode and make a bunch of idiotic fart jokes about it. It's embarrassing. If it got out that we made this show, I think it would make us unemployable. Adam... I have bad news for you. We have tens of thousands of listeners at MaximumFun.org. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to throw up. The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. Every Monday on MaximumFun.org. I'm really going to be sick.
0: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Listener supported.